honestly, it's what we as women would give to our children, our best friends, our sisters. We need to give that back to ourselves. And first and foremost, I believe we should give it to ourselves before we're giving it away to other people. Hello, my gorgeous, confident queens, kings, and monarchs out there. This is your confident mama out here ready for season two of getting to share some incredible interviews to help us all live our best, most confident lives as parents, partners, and business owners. Let's get going. Good afternoon, Cece. Hi, Kiri. How are you? I'm so good. I was just telling her it's been a while since I got to see her, so I'm so excited to see her and have her on. She's the best, so we just love her. Um, do you want to just start out by kind of introducing yourself and a little bit about what you do? Sure. Um, I'm Cece Foltz. I'm a stay-at-home mom, entrepreneur, wife, all my titles. I mean, you can go on and on about titles, um, but I own a, an online shop a women's clothing boutique and I have two girls and we live here in Wyoming Mm -hmm. and her boutique is so cute and so are her girls thank you (laughs) so um your boutique kind of has gone through a lot of changes just like since I've known you so how did you decide to start it and how have you gone through and like made the changes that you have to get kind of where you are now with it I started actually kind of right after the pandemic started. Um, It was never on my radar to own a boutique. I've always liked shopping. I've always liked clothes. And I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've actually had a gamut of lists of what I've done as an entrepreneur. But nothing really stuck and felt good. Or I just always felt like I needed to change or evolve. And that's kind of transpired through my business as well. Um, started off with just regular clothing and realized for one, I didn't like the quality of some of the clothing that was quote unquote cheaper. And then also diving into the treatment of the people making the clothing. So that really had a big, big impact on me. So I only purchase clothing that's ethically made. Um, and I also offer vintage clothing and that kind of transpired just because I've always liked vintage things in my home and clothing, and it's fun to shop for. And so I, just decided to add that aspect to my shop as well. And I think the biggest thing for me is I've allowed myself to evolve and change and pivot. I used to shame myself a lot for doing that. Like, oh my gosh, why can't I make up my mind? But accepting that part of me and allowing that part of me has been a huge game changer as far as my happiness and my business. And um, it's just kind of led me to where I am now. That is so awesome. I love that you like took the things that you personally like love and like was important to you, whether that was like the thrifty kind of side of things or the ethical side and really turned it into this awesome like business that, you know, I feel like you have such a great community around your business too, which is awesome. Like, I love that. Yeah, I would definitely say um, not only the community of other entrepreneurs, but even like my customers, like my biggest um, goal for women is for them to feel good in what they're wearing, feel comfortable in what they're wearing and feel confident in what they're wearing. And I try to um, be as inclusive as I can in my sizing. A lot of the brands that I found are very small, like the one size fits all is not 
a thing. And I do my best in both my vintage and my ethically made pieces to be as inclusive in sizes as possible because we're obviously all different sizes and shapes and there's beauty in that. It would be so boring if we were all the same size and shape and color and all of that. So definitely try to embrace that and welcome anybody in. And you do such a good job of it. Like you can see that through all of your like, you know, marketing, I guess, for yourself, which is awesome. I love that. I appreciate that. Well, and you do such a good job, I feel like, in your marketing too. Like you always talk about like self-love for, you know, all people, which is great. I mean, obviously that's what you stand for. So, I mean, what does self-love really mean? And like, what does it look like for you to have self-love? To me, self-love is, there's a huge like self-care movement, but I honestly believe that self-love is the first and ultimate act of self-care. To me, it's accepting yourself. It's having compassion for yourself, respect for yourself. Honestly, it's what we as women would give to our children, our best friends, our sisters, we need to give that back to ourselves. And first and foremost, I believe we should give it to ourselves before we're giving it away to other people. It's so important because you're not, you're not going to want to take care of this body if you don't love it. And I'm not for like dieting, working out, punishing your body, whatever I'm for doing what feels good for you. But I've noticed in my own life that when I started loving my body as it is, not wanting to necessarily change it, but moving because I wanted to feel good, that my body actually started to change. And I'm doing way less rigorous workouts now. I'm basically just doing yoga and I eat clean because it makes me feel good, but I still have a cupcake every now and again because cupcakes are delicious. But I really think it's just you'll, you're going to want to take care of your body more when you love it and accept it as it is. And it's okay to want to improve it, but I don't think it's when you're coming from the, it's flawed or I hate my body. So I need to do something about it. It's all in the wrong mindset and it just, it never seems to work out. And you either quit moving your body, you quit eating well, or you just quit caring really about yourself. And it really, really has to come down to this, um, down to your soul and really to your heart and treating yourself the way you do your loved ones. Absolutely. I, I a hundred percent agree with you. Like we aren't going to get in a good place, no matter how much self care we do, unless we have that self love behind it. And like, I think way too many people approach especially like the health side of things, uh, whether that's working out, eating right, whatever, from a place of self-hate and not self-love. And that's where we go wrong. (laughs) Absolutely. And not to diss on health and wellness, but I think they definitely thrive on women hating their bodies. And if it can come from a different approach from just wanting to feel well and be healthy and that it can really make more of a difference than just trying to be thin or fit into a specific mold. I, yeah, 100%. I agree. Um, do you think that 
I mean, some of that self-care side of things helps with self-love or are there different practices that you use to kind of like help with that self-love side of things? Journaling has helped me a lot. Um, Therapy has helped me a lot. I'm a huge advocate for therapy. Um, Journaling for me has done a lot for introspection and discovery. When you become a mom or even as an adult, you become another person. You're growing into uh, a new person or maybe you are making drastic life changes. But I feel like I'm really discovering who I am now um, and who I want to be. And journaling has helped me a lot with that. Um, Therapy obviously has been super helpful with introspection and learning why I act the way I do because sometimes we don't always stop to do that um I've been really working on being a lot more mindful and intentional with my time my energy and not just going through the motions it's so easy to pack our schedules full and just go through the motions of things and you get to the end of the day you're like I don't even know what I did today because you were zoned out or whatever and I'm definitely trying to be more mindful and present and in the moment because that's really what your life's about is it's not in the future it's not in the past it's really right now and it can be um, really life-changing to be mindful whether that's meditation or just sitting and not scrolling on your phone not doing anything really just sitting and being and letting thoughts come and go or just enjoying the view on the outside it's just being it's I guess that's another part of self-love is being okay with being just with yourself I'm okay with being alone I was an only child but I know a lot of people that they can't stand being alone and I'll go to lunch by myself I'll go have coffee by myself you really have to enjoy your own company um, and love and be present with who that is I'm one of those people that I have not been good at that. Like, <laughs> uh, it's definitely something I'm learning and working on. One of the things that I realized was like, um, you know, even like the small moments in my day where I would just like have some time to like, you know, I'm not scrolling, I'm not thinking about work, whatever. Like, even for me, that's like, okay, driving from my son's daycare to work for a second or like, you know, just chilling in the shower for a second. Sometimes I just like sit and think. And that's like the best time for me to look into myself and see how I'm feeling and just kind of do that like self-check-in, I guess, kind of thing. Yeah, it's super helpful. And just to um, quiet your mind and be quiet. We're either talking to somebody or we're texting or on the phone and our mind is constantly reeling and it really can be um, just even a calming technique to just chill out, let your mind have a break and it doesn't always have to do something. That is a hard thing for us as women to get past is thinking that we have to be doing something at all points in time. 100%, yep. Um, I feel like that's especially true when you have like high functioning anxiety which you and I have like definitely connected on that, that we both kind of struggle with that. So how has like having high functioning anxiety kind of impacted that like self-love, you know, and your life and work really too? 
I never until recently um, considered myself somebody with anxiety. I've had it for a very long time. Um, never really recognized it. Therapies helped me realize that. Um, I've also recently got on medication, which I was opposed to for a long time, but I was getting to a breaking point and something had to give and I was okay with taking care of what I needed to take care of and being okay with being on meds and that I'm not broken because of that. Um, again, the journaling aspect has helped me a lot. Breathing techniques, there's a lot of different breathing techniques. Um, and the breathing also, I used to find myself only doing it when I was like really, really high and trying to do that more so throughout the day. So I don't get to that super high anxiety point. Um, I've also realized lately that overstimulation definitely increases my anxiety and I get very irritable, very short, um, more, mostly with my girls, which I feel terrible about, but I'm now learning that, okay, I cannot pack every minute of my day with something. I cannot constantly be running and not slow down because when I do, I am not a good person to be around. I don't feel good. And it just, it, it's so much going on when I have it on the outside world and then on the inside world. So I definitely, I do yoga almost every morning. Um, I've been starting to do some just guided meditations. Again, kind of those things to take your brain and just give it a break so it's not constantly doing something. Um, showers are one of my calming times. I keep the lights really low or I'll light a candle. I try to make my showers like kind of luxurious. I'll put essential oils and eucalyptus. I kind of give myself that spa vibe because you always feel relaxed when you're in a spa. So just kind of like little tweaks during your day to almost upgrade or make you feel a little luxurious. I'll make, um, like when I make my lunch, I don't just slop it all together. I try to make it look like if I was going to a restaurant, not that that's that big of a deal, but it makes me feel good. And it, I sit down and I eat mindfully rather than standing up and taking bites here and there. And that's one of the other overstimulation and rushing things that I've noticed that if I can just slow down my time a little bit, it might take two more minutes to just slow down a little bit. And I have to do that for my anxiety, or it's just going to keep going up, 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 up. And then I get to that breaking point. I am the exact same way. Those are a lot of like my same like triggers. Um, so I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, I was going to say, so you said that this is a pretty like recent thing is like you've realized that you have this for a long time, but mo more like actually recognizing that you have it and kind of actually recognizing some of those triggers and stuff like that. So what what was it that I guess um, made you go in and try and get that like diagnosis and start like understanding that? I started therapy about three years ago. Um... Honestly, I don't remember exactly what it was that I was like, okay, I need to go in and see somebody. I, I had a lot of childhood trauma and I always thought it wasn't, I kind of poo-pooed it. I was like, oh, it's, it's not like that bad. I mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad. And going through therapy, realizing, okay, maybe 
it's a little more than I was making it out to be. Um, and then I lost my mom about a year ago. And that was definitely the catalyst to me getting on medication because it was very heavy and very hard for me to work through. And it was also very sudden and very unexpected, which any death is not easy to deal with. But when it's a total blow and you're not expecting it at all, it's very, very hard to work through. And luckily I did have therapy and I've had a very supportive family that has helped me through it as well. But um, I got to a point when I first started therapy that I, I just didn't, I knew something had to change and I couldn't keep wallowing or complaining if I wasn't going to do something about it. And that was kind of, even when I started my health and fitness journey, it was the same way. I kept complaining about my weight. Again, this is different from my mindset now, but I told myself, I said, you can't keep complaining if you're not going to do anything about it. So that's always been kind of my um, stepping off point for a lot of things is if I'm going to keep complaining about something, I either need to do something to change it or quit complaining because kind of driving myself crazy, listening to myself complain about this situation or whatever. Yeah. Well, and I know like, cause I've been around you for a while that like uh, your mom's passing was really difficult on you. And you said that, you know, you, you started therapy to really try and help with some of that like childhood trauma. So what was that like trying to work through like the childhood trauma that you have while also like mourning the loss of your mom? And like, how did you make sure that you were moving through that grief? in a thoughtful and very like self-loving way? Um, that's a good question. It was, I knew, luckily I do have kids. So that was my reason to get up in the, in the morning and get them ready for school. And I still had to live and do things. Um, otherwise I probably couldn't have, could have gone to a much darker place. My mom struggled with mental illness and anxiety and depression on a much higher level than where I'm at. Um, but I saw through her where it could lead. And as I hate saying that I didn't want to be like that. So that's what drove me to this other way. But it kind of scared me because um, I, I saw how much she struggled and I didn't want to not only put my family through that, but I didn't want to put myself through that. So I knew I had to get a hold of it and take care of it and myself as best as possible because there's that was my only option, really. You know, they so many people after my mom died were like, oh, you're you're being so vulnerable, you're being so strong. I don't have any other option. You know, you are strong or you are not and you lay in bed all the time and I didn't have that option either so it was at first for my girls but really for me and I had a lot of denial at first because it was so sudden and unexpected but I think too it's also helped me release a lot of the judgment that I didn't realize I had towards my mom about her anxiety and depression and everything because I have experienced some of it and um, having more compassion towards her, although I wish I could share that with her now. But um, I feel like having compassion and less judgment towards other people 
makes you have more compassion and less judgment for yourself. At least that's what I've experienced. And I hope that that's what other people can experience too, for not having that self-compassion and not being so being hard on themselves. We, especially women, we are so hard on every little thing we do, every little decision we make. And all we're doing is adding more crap to our day that is all up here. It's all in our mind that we can totally change it. But it definitely takes being intentional and mindful about the thoughts that run through your head all the time. Absolutely. I think that's so true and so well said. So thank you so much. I really appreciate how vulnerable you are and, you know, always are on all your platforms. Um, For those who want to check out you, check out all of your, um, I mean, your online shop and all of that good stuff, where can we find you? Uh, I mostly hang out on Instagram, some at juneandjane.co. And then my website is juneandjane.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stevie. Thank you, Carrie. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Y'all, wasn't that just incredible? Thank you for being here with me today. And if you loved this episode, please leave us a review and share and tag us on all your socials. We'll see you next time.